Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Lance cutting his finger, Psycho, tried. You already made it into the architecture program. You pulled that trick once. What am I trying to get into now? I don't know. You tell Some me. Kind of program. You cut your finger. You tell me what you're trying to get into. I don't know. You already got a job here. Did you I cut have, your finger doing something cool? Or fishing. Something? I have no idea ah, how. Okay. I have no idea how I cut it. All I know is I caught about a 20-inch trout. Yep. Wednesday afternoon, playing hooky from work. Yep. And I was unhooking it, and somehow I got cut. Yeah. I, so, um, weird cut story. Jiu-jitsu on Monday. Yeah. There was fresh blood on someone's pants. Mm-hmm. Everyone looked at the round. We couldn't find where it came from. What? Couldn't find where it came from. Wow. Now, speaking of that, how I know it came, you know, obviously it had to come from somewhere. This was about four months ago. Changed the baby's diaper. Poop was coming out the sides. That's, what has, sides. that's what has to happen. It, it got up up his back. It got um, on his pants and it, it like it like came out. Like it got on me. I took off the diaper. You know where the poop should be. You've changed it. Yep. There was no poop in the center. Like somehow it missed Ew. the whole center. I don't know how that's possible. Like how does it go straight out the sides? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. <sighs> it makes so, me nervous. Yeah. You're, you're making me nervous. About what? You can have another kid? No, just uh, thinking about all that poop, man. Oof. Yeah, flashbacks. That's what flashbacks. you're getting right now. That's, exactly, that's yeah. exactly what's going on. So speaking of not having any of those things happen, in the comfort of your own home, you can learn a skill without blood or without poop. It's called RevitRocketship.com. If you need to learn Revit, go to RevitRocketship.com. Yours truly teaches you, trains you, gives you templates, tutorials, and starter files, and then also walks you through a whole project and how to build families. And then after you're done, you get to start your own project, and we also have videos about how to start your own project. Go to RevitRocketship.com. Guaranteed, if you don't like it, your money back. You also should go to arccat.com because they have nearly 30 years of experience assisting architecture professionals in their search for the best products for their projects. Starting as a desktop reference with listings and manufacturers catalogs, arccat has evolved into the number one most used website backed up to date CAD, BIM, and specifications. And just as it was in 1991, arccat offers all of this at no additional cost to the user and without requiring registration. Mm, that's always annoying. It's easy. Visit arccat.com today and see why architecture professionals have used it for three decades. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. Al Gore. I just noticed we both have bison and you have a buffalo, which is a bison on, on our clothing right now. Yeah. So anyways, that's cool. We need more bison on the planes. Help helps everything out. Oh yeah, that's that's your new thing. I know. I was watching this this uh, TED Talk guy, and basically he he stated how did you know back in the day, they thought that herd animals contributed to desert desertification. When is back in the day? Define back in the day. I don't know, but I asked the guys up here, and they are like, oh yeah, it stomps on the grass and kills the grass, and then all of a sudden it becomes desert. Yeah. So <clears throat> in Africa, they they, they used they, to think this. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
they killed 14,000 elephants. Wow. Because the desert was growing. And then guess what happened after they died? It grew even more. Grew even faster. Wow. And then he had to figure out, he goes, worst mistake in my life. It's Man, actually... I feel like it's kind of like this coronavirus. I'm going to lock it down again. I bet it's going to uh, keep growing. <laughs> Just a guess. Just not a scientist. Not a scientist. Don't censor me. <laughs> um, but anyways, the herds actually that move frequently, mimicking nature, do trample down grass, but it actually traps the moisture in the soil. And their urine and their excrements actually mixes with the soil so that when it regrows, it regrows back firmer. And, it, and it's actually about keeping the topsoil. You are a gardener. You know, a lot of people cover their gardens, right? Got to do it. It's the same thing with herd animals. Keep that topsoil. So I want million buffalo packs. Design it, Al. Why don't you design it? I'm a builder. I'm going to build <laughs> buffalo commons. You're a builder. Yep. And buffalo also, commons. Yep. I, I love it. I love out it. there. Thousands of acres. Yep. Hundreds and thousands of acres in the Midwest. Take and, advantage of it. Oh, yeah. Even in Colorado. From Colorado to Nebraska, past I-25 buffaloes. Just ridiculous. That was off topic totally but on topic is something that me and you dealt with and probably a bunch of our listeners think about and you have it design slash build versus design plus build what do you mean yeah what do i mean alex thank you for teeing me up so uh let me give a a little bit of a, a backstory before we really dive into this and that is uh so i met with a potential client uh earlier in the week uh possibly going to be a uh, package deal where we end up being their builder. Hopefully that's what we do. It'll be, it's a residential house, brand new build. But when I got there, one of the revealing parts of it was, and I'm sure you've done this too, Alex, where maybe they have worked with a designer. Sure enough, they worked with an architect. I don't know if it was a licensed architect, doesn't matter, but they worked with a design slash build firm first. And they were not happy because and the slash versus the plus is what I'm trying to what what I'm going to hone in on here, right? I, there's a difference, and I think what we are is design plus build. I think that's what if you are an architect, that's what you should be is design plus build, not design slash build. For first, before we get into deeper, why were they not happy? Perfect. So the reason why they weren't happy is because they had to put a retainer down for the design work, but they put a retainer. Actually, they had to put a retainer down. For the company itself, right? So design slash build, meaning they weren't just putting a deposit down on the design process. It was for everything. So that's a lot. Mean and and the caveat to add to that was they don't get a deliverable unless they continue the process with them. Meaning like, oh, these drawings are copyrighted. If you don't like our price for the build portion of our the back half of our slash, right? The design slash build, then you can go kick rocks. And you got nothing. You maybe have like the conceptual design, but like if we catch you, this is me just putting words in the other company's mouth, but I'm sure let's let's say they were litigious. They could, they drive around the corner two oh. years later, see the house. They're like, uh, that's our, that's our design. Yep. Now we're going to sue you for copyright infringement. Yep. Yep. So these guys ended up dropping 5k right off the bat to retain. They got, um, right into the beginning of design development, starting looking at elevations and roof plans and seeing the form of the house and everything. And the budget was astronomical. The first numbers came back astronomical and they go, well, we can't afford this at at all. And then they just, they just said, they just walked. 
Right. So then when they approached us, it was, I've never, I've never encountered people. I've never encountered that before. So I thought it was worth sharing. And that's why I think it's important to be design plus build. So the, what, what ended up, you aren't, you aren't guaranteeing that you're going to build it right away. Yes. All I'm guaranteeing is that I'm going to guarantee you that like, that if you hire us for the design portion of it, yes, we will give you pricing at the same time in the design processes as other firm. Yep. But you're not beholden to not us, you know, we will finish out the project for you as, as architects. You'll yep. get your product, which are the, which is the, the design documents, the construction documents. And if you want to try another builder, cause we're not working out for you. Fine. Yep. That's why we're design plus build, not design slash build. I'll give you two different scenarios where it worked out. So, um, this church was talking to us about an addition and they hired a contractor with, and that contractor had an architect. The architect was doing the drawings and all that. And the contractor wasn't fulfilling their obligations, whether that means, uh, proposals, budgets, feedback, whatever. So they ended up firing that contractor. Now that architect is going to finish the project, but at first they weren't going to finish the project whatsoever because they were tied together. And they also weren't going to, they were only going to hand over PDFs, not the DWGs. And I kind of said like, if you're redoing anything, like redo it in Revit. Like that's what I told them. Right. So, so that's, that's echoing what you said. Now they said, um, they said, Hey, your price was good. We're going with another contractor and we're going to go with their architect because you know, they lowered the lowered their price. Right. And I said, I'm I'm not trying to hard reel in this church or anything like that. I don't want to get on the wrong side of God. So I'm just given the best advice that, that I possibly can. And I said, um, I said, Hey, you know, that's great. And I, there's obvious benefits to, to design build, but just let you know, I've been through many projects like large projects where during construction, during construction, they switch contractors, right? So then like, are you going to end up in this, this scenario again, where maybe they'll release drawings, but like, is that architect going to want to be work with you? Like maybe it's just release drawings and all of a sudden the architects off the project too. So that's kind of weird. Um, so like there's in large projects, I think design build can work, but like there's also, there's also that, that risk there. Um, design slash build or design, design slash build the risk. Uh, yeah. The, the risk is like, um, I mean, big projects. There's a couple of multifamilies, you know, and then the one like, Oh, the, the contractor switched the contract. Yeah. Like, ha, like during the construction, during construction, yes, multiple times, multiple projects as this has happened. Yeah. Even just single family homes. I've seen it happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, uh, if you're buying plans, like make sure that you get a release of the plans and all that. But the also. plus part, the, I, know, the, I really want to emphasize that. Like, I think there's something also positive about it. Literally, it's a positive sign. It's a positive sign, right? Like you right. look at it and you go, oh, like I look at the the Latin cross. I'm like, ah, plus yep. meaning like in the, addition, in yeah. addition, meaning uh, it's an added positive for somebody selecting your firm. I, I, I think it's like I, we've talked about before and, and we talk about actually in the uh, in the course that we're developing to move towards the design plus build if you're thinking about it is 
you're just you're setting up you're setting up yourself for um, being able to basically fish a little bit. That's a that's the best way I can put it. Like you're you're putting out a little bit of uh, bait, a little bit. Yep. Of, you're luring people with. Look, hey, we're, we're obviously great architects, but at the same time, um, we can give you pricing right away. We can, uh, and then and then we know the construction part of it, and then maybe you don't have to shop for somebody else because we could do kind of all in one. Yep. There, there's three kinds of design build firms. The way uh, I look at it, and the first one is uh, it's actually a construction company, and they hired an architect or a drafter. So like when initially when you say design build, that's what I think about. And I and I don't like that. So like I don't want to be labeled as just like blanket design build because it's not like we just hired some drafters. The other one is more like Nick Renard where it's um, hey, we're going to design and then build it. And it's just like very attention, one person care, stuff like that. Um, and I don't and you're kind of locked in. You're kind of locked in. And I also don't like that, that you're locked in, like you're doing both no matter what. Yes, with this firm. I don't like it either. Yep. So those two options I don't like. I like architect plus builder. Plus builder. Yeah. Um, so that's the model we're pursuing. Yeah. Uh, one more thing about building that I would add here is that uh, we were just awarded a, um, um, one of our, I think it is, we were just awarded our first tenant finish project. It's actually pretty big. It's a 4,000 square foot tenant finish. Um, comparable to a small custom home as far as all the fees and everything go. And I had to fight for it. And uh, so what you should be aware of if you're if you're trying to turn any... Residential is a different story. So that's why I'm telling this story about the commercial side of it is the last hurdle that, uh, that was put up before selecting us, I could tell the owners and the franchise, um, the franchise-er, the person who does the umbrella for the franchise, they loved us. And they, you could tell we earned their trust over the design process. You could tell that uh, they they wanted to choose us. But the last hurdle was the developer in the in our in our our client's contract with them to lease this space was a provision that said the developer has the final say in who gets to be the contractor. Like they could have they could have pinned the owner into. Oh, I don't care. The, the maybe F nine, maybe F fourteen is um, more cost effective. But you're going to choose this other firm because they, uh, because I just trust them, and maybe they're doing the core and shell, right? So it took it took it took a lengthy email and proving that we're that we can do it, and 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 everybody should trust us. And the kicker was, I got to prove, I got to show. I looked up this other firm that we were competing with. And it literally came down to see all of our 42 five-star reviews, see their, see their uh, five uh, cumulative 4.2 star reviews. And then somebody left such a bad review for the other person, for the other firm that I think, I think it was the nail in the coffin for that. Mm -hmm. So don't forget to ask for your reviews and don't forget to stand up for yourself and know that there's might be that little, if you're trying to turn a commercial project into it, Talk with your client and ask them if there's a provision like that in their lease agreement where the owner, the developer of the of the overall building gets a say in um, who can be the GC. Yep. Um, in other news, we've talked about this before, but there's finally been a decision. Uh, Upcodes. Upcodes won their first legal battle. So it's... Yep. 
Um, if you haven't used Upcodes, you should go check it out. Uh, it's probably upcodes.com. Lance can can find it and verify it. But essentially, what they've done is they put in the different IB, uh, IRC, IBC codes, put in the amendments per state, um, and then also they have a feature where you can download and buy, and it will check your Revit model for you know common code violations, things like that. But it's easy. It's searchable. Um, they offer a subscription. It's actually up.codes. Done. Oh, that's it. I'm glad. Slick. I'm glad you checked it out. Um, but basically, they won their first uh, ruling that essentially said, if it's law, it's in the public domain, right? Uh-huh. And the I, uh, ICC said that this inhib- inhibits their ability to generate revenue, which then inhibits their ability to make, you know, the codes and, and the law and, and all keep that. it up and all that. Yep. Which. I sort of buy. I get it. It's, nothing's free. Yep. But it's like, hey, I have this monopoly. So like, um, you know, and they might say they're trying to approve, but you, but no one else can improve or make a, a function off something that is law, you know, which, it, you know, is kind of kind of crazy. Um, and then now they have filed another lawsuit against Upcodes that they basically copied their codes, but they it's riddled with errors and it's terrible and all that. Um, and, and that's going, you know, going to the, through the courts. So that's where they're at. Um, I, I wish, hmm, I'm still, I'm still on upcode side. I'm still on upcode side because I, I, I feel like the ICC is just resting on their laurels. It's like we made the codes here you go pay $80 per book or, you know, like, no innovation. It's just kind of following through. Like they're they're doing sounds, it better than you. Sounds like a monopoly. They're doing they're doing sounds it like better. One of those than you. sounds like one of those monopolies. Yeah. So <laughs> sounds like one of those state enabled monopolies. Yeah. Oh yeah. And also, I wish someone would break. So they have uh, courses for being code reviewers. They're like two hundred and fifty dollars a course. Wish they'd be less. I'd take one of those. I want to get inside the building official's head. What are you looking for? What are you looking at? Yeah. You know. Al, Al, the Bitcoin bull gore. Al, thinking about s- it. Sneak around oh, the back that's door. that's what we need. We should have a segment of Bitcoin. Oh, bring Al. back Bitcoin. <laughs> Al, what is it at right now? What's it you. going to? I need to know this. The listeners need to know. It's not. Last time I talked to you, everyone, it was probably at like 15 or 16. 15 or, or 16, I think, yeah. last week. Um, Now it's at 18.6. 7. 18.7. I'm on Robin Hood and I'm looking at it. 18.7. Yeah. Al, what's your prediction? And by the way, Al is, Al is right. Uh, and I actually, I think I'm going to look up his, he has a new nickname just so you, everybody needs to know this. I don't even know what my new nickname is. Oh, I'm going to tell you here in a second. But but what Al Gitter Dungor. Al the Great Gore. Well, well, well while, while I'm looking that up, oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, Al Awesome Man Gore. These gosh. are all been used multiple times. Oh, Al the Bitcoin riding with Biden bull Gore. <laughs> <laughs> because I predicted in 2008 that Biden would be president, and it's looking very likely. Yep. Uh, but what do you well, honestly? So, what do you tell us? What you're reading? Yep. About um, Bitcoin that leads you to believe that it's going to get to between sixty and six hundred thousand within one year from now. Okay. Yep. You know, minus a couple of weeks. Um, it's essentially just following the pattern that after each halving. You know, like where Bitcoin halves its productivity uh, in respect to miners producing Bitcoin. It takes a couple months for that supply and demand to balance out and for 
uh, essentially investors to buy up that and, and hold that as, as a reserve assets like gold, you know? So you follow the last two halvings and within 12 months of it was basically where they hit, hit their peak and they do it relative to where it was at that starting point. Right? So, um, a lot of people predict higher than me, uh, because they think it will be in between the last two halvings, like the percent increase. And what I was doing was, well, if the first one went up, let's say a thousand percent, and then the next last one went up 800%, that's a 200% difference. This one could only go up 600%. Like, so that's where 60,000, or it could be right in the middle about 600,000. Who knows? But it'll be fun to see. It will be fun to see. And here's my, here's my anecdotal evidence, but it's actually true is that, uh, so the more, the more you get people, the more customers you get, the better your business is going to be right. Uh, theoretically, if you're running a, a decent ship, uh, the more like social media wise, if you have more followers, the more, uh, attention you're going to grab for people, right? How did Facebook and Twitter become profitable? Maybe they finally had a bunch of users and they turned on small business ads. And then through the pandemic that all went through Bitcoin, PayPal, is now you can pay for stuff with pay, with using PayPal. So it's all of these, and this is just recent. So that's you know that's one of the primary reasons why oh people are actually going to use this as money, finally. Yep. So here we are. Yep. Get and your Bitcoin. Another thing that you talked about before, I, I was always a naysayer in gold. Like, what are you gonna? Do? You have gold, but what are you actually gonna buy? Who's gonna exchange gold with you? I'm gonna eat it. Yeah, Lance is gonna eat it. But then you told me one of someone, someone you knew or a friend. They stored it as an asset that retained and, and grew value. And then when they wanted a down payment on the house, oh. they literally used it as a down yeah, payment yeah. on the house. Rich, rich dad, poor dad. Robert Kiyosaki and his wife, Kim. His, so Robert, as Robert Kiyosaki, if you don't know him, you should follow him. His, their podcast is so awesome. Rich dad, rich dad, poor dad. Literally just, you should, you should subscribe today. It's, it's great. She was telling the story about uh, how they paid for their first house. And he was, I think he was, this is when he was a Marine and he was over doing stuff in Vietnam or whatever. He was out of the country, didn't matter. So they were going to buy their first house in California. And she talks about literally having to go to their, um, their Drop. closet and yeah. schlep several bags of physical silver coin and do put a down payment on the house. And, oh, and my friend, John Kyle, who lives, who is a hemp farmer down Southeast Colorado, same thing. Yep. That's where they literally put their down payment on their land is yep. they so now like physical the bank assets. the bank has their physical assets so it could work yeah but either way what i think in summation here's the summation and why it's important you're obviously a business owner if you're listening to this podcast or you're going to be a business owner if you're listening to this podcast so capital is is everything to be able to start and maintaining and have a business right cash flow there there are predictions that we are going to devalue the U.S. dollar by t up to 20% more next year. Like, there's going to be more stimulus this past, past right? Mm. So, there's only three places you can put your money, your, your dollars, to have a return right now if you're going to keep devaluing it, right? Like, you're not getting money by buying treasury bonds, is what I'm saying. You're not yeah. accumulating, keeping the wealth going. It's either going to be crypto, so Bitcoin, gold and silver, sure. stocks, so four. Or well, gold and silver, you can just say one. Precious metals, precious metals, or real estate. Yeah. So, be aware of that stuff happening. Make make some smart investments. There you go. I should have a disclaimer, like, you uh, but, but we you, don't. You're, you're just saying you're this. liable. I'm just talking. <laughs> this is me just talking. What do Lance I know? What no do I know? 
financial background whatsoever. Yep. Um, but someone who is a financial genius is Nick. So let's listen to him with Nick Reads. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Many of us would probably be better fishermen if we did not spend so much time watching and waiting for the world to become perfect. Norman McLean. A river runs through it. Lance. To touch on something discussed last week. If I hoisted Al upon my broad shoulders and he reached as high as his little arms could reach, collectively, we might be able to touch the header of an 8-0 door. Maybe. Toodles! Only if that 8-0 door is inches, so it's 6 foot 8. If it was 8 foot, no way we're touching How does he that. know you have... No l- way. How, does he, how did he know you have little tiny Tyrannosaurus Rex arms? Little baby. He hasn't seen me in person. He just, I think it's the way I talk. You know? I can hear your arms. <laughs> the length of my I'm arms. just like, wow. Those Struggling to get that mic towards his face. Those it, little baby arms. Little baby arms. Speaking of people with uh, regular arms, let's bring down the crew for ARE Jeopardy. All right, number one, what is the term for measuring radiant energy that is reflected or absorbed in a material? A, absorption rate. B, albedo. C, Ronaldo. D, Bandalio. Uh, A, absorption rate. B, albedo. C, Ronaldo. D, Bandalio. If you don't get this, you're probably fired. All right, what do we got? Rebecca. Uh, A, A, A. A. Wow. The correct answer is B. We don't have a firm. <laughs> Please apply. AKG at F. Just kidding. Go on. All right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That one. That one's like a classic. Ronaldo. He is a soccer player. Bonalio. That is a made up word. <laughs> Radiant energy. Radiant energy. So a roof can radiate energy. Yep. That's why. Tricky, tricky, tricky. There you go. Uh, Number two. What is the rate at which heat passes through a material known as? A, conduction. B, concoction. C, conductivity. D, convolution. Tricky, tricky. Need them again? Yes. A, conduction. B, concoction. Oh, well, C, conductivity, D, convolution. And the, uh, the question is, what is the rate at which heat passes through a material known as Ross? I see you raising your hand already. Don't show up. All right. What do we got? Rubinaurus, Rubisaurus Rex? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, now you got to say, you just got to guess. I, my guess. Okay. 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 C, C, C. What do you got? C. The correct answer is C. Now everybody's tied. Al Gore, what do you got? All right. Tiebreaker. This one's going to get you guys. What is the general cost of Ram Earth in Boulder County as of yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> A. <laughs> that's for finance to figure out. No, no, no. That's <laughs> A. 
$650. This is all in dollars. So $650 a cubic yard. B, $2,000 a cubic yard. C, $250 a cubic feet. D, $6,750 a cubic yard. I want to guess. Yeah, write it down. Here's <clears throat> A, $650 a cubic yard. B, $2,000 a cubic yard. C, $250 a cubic feet. D, $6,750 a cubic yard. Oh, my Lanta. I did change the units on one of those. Just to F around. Okay. Yep. So A, B, B. B. What did you say? B. B. So A and B were both incorrect. So A was 650. Really? I was guessing A. That's concrete, you silly. Yeah, but I thought like maybe it's the same. Oh, no, you're silly. Uh, B was just like, hey, maybe it's like over double concrete. C, 250 a cubic foot was what I got quoted yesterday. D is 250 a cubic foot converted into cubic yards. So it is also correct. 6,750. Is insane. That was only from one person. But they did a sick house in the same style that we were doing. But foot. One foot. 250 bucks. Woo! Again, gold prices. God, I just want to rant about how, how, how expensive it is to quote-unquote build green and how little how long it's gonna take you to get your rate of return like just just stick build i just and i I'm love just tired of the nonsense earth. it's dirt and cement there might be i'm literally thinking i'm gonna find some people uh new mexico does it more because they do adobe fly might, they might be like fly them up oh that's ridiculous we can do it for a third of the price there you go okay what type of trees does hardwood lumber come from a evergreen b deciduous c carnivorous d bamboo and he spelled bamboo wrong. I just want to let everyone know that. It was bamboo. Ah, <laughs> fix it for me, please. All right, fixed. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and there end with only one O. There's two O's, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, a, evergreen. B, deciduous. C, carnivorous. D, bamboo. Doo-doo-doo. Doo-doo-doo. B, B, C. B. B is the correct answer. Fun fact, bamboo is not a uh, tree. Bamboo is a grass. Oh, there we go. Okay, what do we got? Who to, who has two? I have one. One? Gresh wins? Hey. No, no, we both have it. Oh, oh tiebreaker. Marky Mark, come normally, on down. This is for all the marbles because you literally get to decide where we get to eat today. Because normally we make that. Order in. Ready? Okay. Rank these soil classifications in order from highest bearing capacity to lowest bearing capacity. S M C L G W. Gresh guessed once incorrectly. Be quiet. Somebody say something. Well, Ross, yep. Nope. Huh? Nope. Wow. How many different options? Oh, man. Can there's three? That's, you, that's not too bad. All right. Three, Ross gets the three, next one. Four. Gresh guessed twice. Ross is coming in hot. Nope. And that's it. Gresh got it. Gresh got it. Okay. What are they? Give the answers. So the answer was GWSMCL. GW is well graded gravel. 
SM is silty sand. CL is lean clay. Ross was right on his second answer. Oh, okay. It's so, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh man, oh, Trump is in the in house. There. Got it in there. Yeah, Mark Trump Peddler. All wow. Right. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> if you want some sanity and some clarity, go to RevitRocketShip.com where you will learn a hard skill that pays you back. Uh, guaranteed, if you do not like it, we'll give you your money back. RevitRocketShip.com. Uh, follow us on the Twitter. Follow us on the Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on LinkedIn. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you do, uh, you will get a free copy of Alex's book. Just email us with a screen cap of your five-star review, and we'll send it your way. Talk to you next time.